I know it's been a long day. I'm guessing you're exhausted? Achy? A little crabby? Maybe some happiness? Peace? The whole gamut, right? Everything. Everything is going on. We're going to practice with some more, in a little while, we'll start some loving-kindness practice. And I'm going to emphasize, you learned about it yesterday, many of you are familiar with it, but for some of you it was new, and we learned about it as a practice that we're directing externally to people outside of ourselves, particularly people whom we love. And today we're going to focus more on bringing the practice internal, focusing on ourselves. And this practice is tremendously beneficial practice for working with the cultivation of positive qualities of the heart and mind, and especially for creation of more self-love and self-compassion. Now, I will say this, that this, that the practice is not everybody's cup of tea. There are a number of people who find it hard to do, feel like nothing's happening, it's not working, I don't like this, have other emotions. I think Alex talked about that yesterday. You're trying to cultivate loving kindness and you feel anger or you feel like you don't deserve it. And I know for myself it was actually a really hard practice for me in the first number of years of my own practice. And partially I was really loving what was happening in the mindfulness practice. It was so interesting and alive and then I would sit down to do the loving kindness and I would feel just nothing. Wow, this is kind of boring. May you be happy. May you be peaceful, you know. And it took a number of years for me before it became a really vital practice and it really became extremely important to me in the context of after I was had been working at a nonprofit for a number of years and I was just working really hard and of course, typical nonprofit, low pay, and um, and overexertion, too many hours, doing too much, and I was just completely burned out, just completely burned out. And I came to Spirit Rock to do a meditation retreat. I was, well, I was trying to remember. I think I was assisting, so I was mostly sitting, but also learning to teach. And I just decided to do loving-kindness practice for the whole retreat. It was a month. And I decided I would just do it to myself. I wasn't going to do it to anybody. I didn't care about anybody else, just me. (laughs) Because I was so depleted. And so I, I just started sending the kindness to myself every day, all day long. That's what I was doing when I wasn't, you know, in a training role. And... It was like this balm to my, to my being. It was, I mean, I can't tell you how beneficial it was. And as I did it, of course, all these things came up. You don't deserve this. You should be sending love to other people. Why are you sending it to yourself? You know, and, and come on, you're not, you don't deserve it. You're, what, you're not worthy. Like all these voices, all the incredible inner critic. And we all have these inner critics, you know. You're not good enough. You haven't worked hard enough. You're going to fail. You'll never have a relationship. This is terrible. You know, this, this way that we constantly harass ourselves. If we were, um, sorry, we would never let 
someone be as mean to us as we are to ourselves. They would never get away with it. But instead, we just self-flagellate all day long, and it's probably showing up in your practice. I'm not good enough. Wow, that person's meditating better than me. I can tell because they're sitting so straight. I just remember the story when I sat one of my very first meditation retreats, the woman in front of me sat so perfectly straight and never moved. And I was like this wiggly can of worms. I was just like, oh, oh. Anyway, and I, I just couldn't sit still. I had so much restlessness. And she was, she was perfect. And I remember just getting more and more comparing mine and comparing mine. And there was this one day I was sitting there and she slowly took off her sweater. And I got so excited because she moved. <laughs> and I thought, oh, she's a human being after all. So our minds compare. I mean, they even see, they look at primates and primates actually compare themselves to other primates. It's really very interesting. There's research on that. So just to say, it's part of the territories, particularly, you know, I live in Los Angeles. It's the belly of the beast of comparison and trying to look good and not feeling adequate, you know. So we can do this practice of sending kindness. And and as we do it, you may feel really drawn to just like yesterday you were sending it to a teacher or to someone you love. You can definitely do that. But if you want to give it a try, and send it to yourself. And I'm going to give you a couple of different options of ways of doing that and just see how, see how that goes. And you can try one way, oh, it's working, that's not working. And if it's not working, meaning you're not feeling anything, it doesn't mean it's not working. <laughs> it just means that in this moment, you're kind of, it's like you're planting seeds and you'll see the results at a later time. And when things come up that are not loving-kindness, feeling of inadequacy or sadness or anxiety, and we bring kindness to that, we can hold even that in kindness. That's an amazing gift that we can give to ourselves. We can hold whatever we're experiencing in kindness. And we get to see what gets in the way. We see what gets in the way. Oh, this is my, my sense of unworthiness is in the way of me being able to love. And I'm going to try to hold that sense of unworthiness with love. It's very interesting how this works. One of my favorite quotes comes from um, the feminist theorist Bell Hooks, who says, When I talked with friends and acquaintances about self-love, I was surprised to see how many of us feel troubled by the notion as though the very idea implies too much narcissism or selfishness. We all need to rid ourselves once and for all of misguided notions about self-love. We need to stop fearfully equating it with self-centeredness and selfishness. Self-love is the foundation of our loving practice. Without it, our other efforts to love fail. Self-love is the foundation of our loving practice. Without it, our other efforts to love fail. So when we think, I shouldn't be wasting my time sending kindness to myself, it's where it begins. It's where it begins. So let's settle back to this meditation. 
finding a comfortable position. One thing that's important with this particular practice is that you're comfortable. It's hard to send love to anybody if you're uncomfortable. So if you want to be a little bit more relaxed for this one, don't lie down unless you have a you know, health reason. Some people are doing that in the back. But, but just get comfortable the best you can. So as we find a place of restfulness, comfort, taking some breaths and settling in. We'll just begin with a few minutes of the mindfulness practice to bring in a little bit more concentration clarity, focus, just being with your breath or with the sounds or whatever is live for you, whatever is happening in this moment. And see if you can bring a quality of kindness to your meditation, whatever that means to you. We can notice what we're feeling in our heart or an emotional level right now. Just checking in and seeing how we're doing. And letting whatever is here be here. No agenda, just curiosity. How am I this moment? We can set an intention to bring more kindness to ourselves. If that feels right. And let's start as we did yesterday, contemplating bringing to mind someone you love, someone whom when you think of them you get happy. child, a family member, 
a best friend, a teacher, a dog, a cat, an animal. It's someone that when you think of them, you get happy. And it's quite easy to feel this natural quality of kindness towards them. You can have a sense of them in front of you, see, sense, feel the presence of this individual. And imagine that they begin to send kindness to you. They begin to offer you their kindness. Imagine that they can really appreciate you. They see your goodness. And as they see your goodness, They offer words like, you can use mine or make up your own. May you be safe and protected. May you be happy and peaceful. May you be healthy and strong. May you be at ease. So saying these words in your mind after I say them or using your own words, ultimately as you do this practice you'll come up with phrases that work for you. It may be these, maybe something else. May you be safe and protected, meaning you, meaning me. May you be (coughs) joyful and at ease. May you be happy, healthy, May you be free from all suffering. And just notice in your body right now the impact of saying these words. And also if there's some creativity, maybe that comes. Maybe there's memories or images, colors. Just imagining this coming towards you and seeing if you can take in the kindness and breathe and notice. Can you be on the receiving end of this kindness? Can you take it in? What does that feel like? You can keep going with some phrases, mine or your own, may you be safe and protected May you be happy and peaceful.
May you be healthy and strong. May you be at ease. Just noticing, noticing the impact of these words, of these intentions. If there's a feeling in your body of warmth, of openness, spaciousness, and maybe there's not, maybe there's contraction or nothing happening, can always say, for whatever it is I'm feeling right now, may I hold this too with kindness. Breathe. So that's one way to send kindness to yourself is imagining it coming from someone who really loves us, sees us, respects us, gets us. Another way is to just send it to yourself. So just imagining that it's coming from within our heart and moving out through our body, spreading through our arms and hands and torso, shoulders, down through our legs, may I be safe and protected. May I be happy and peaceful. May I be healthy and strong. May I be at ease. Ask yourself the question now, what do I want to wish for myself? What do I need right now to be happy? And wish that now. May I have more space in my life. May I have meaningful work. May I have good friends and community. Whatever it is you want to wish for yourself, send it, send it now. What could be the kind, kind words, caring, compassionate words you can send to yourself? Or just even just the feeling as if your heart were pumping out kindness. Making sure to breathe. What do I need to be happy? May I have peace? May I accept myself just as I am? Just noticing what's happening inside you. Taking it in, feeling it. Letting whatever is here be here. Whatever it is I'm feeling right now, 
May I hold this too with kindness. Another way you can send this kindness is sending it to yourself at another time in your life, such as when you were a child. You might think of a time either when you really needed it or you really had it. So just think of a time right now And you can try directing that kindness to that child or that younger version of yourself. May you be safe and protected. May you be free from your sorrow, from your suffering. May you live with joy, connection, and ease. Noticing the impact of saying these words to your younger self. Just keep repeating words and when your attention wanders, just like with the basic mindfulness practice, you bring it back to the phrases and the feeling and the intention. Letting whatever emotions arise, holding them in a space of mindfulness. If a strong emotion arises, you can turn your mindfulness to it. What am I feeling right now? Letting whatever is here be here. I used to use phrases that I don't so much anymore, but for a long time these were the phrases that I made up for myself. May I be safe in my body and mind. May I have ease in my being. May I accept myself just as I am. May I be free. Actually, I think it was may I have strength in my body and mind. May I have ease in my being. May I accept myself just as I am. May I be free. So we're going to move into a short period of silence. And the invitation is to practice this in any way you feel drawn. 
sending it to yourself. So you can either have someone you love sending it towards you. You can try to kind of pump it out in towards yourself, just sending it to yourself. You can send it to yourself at another time in your life. Or you may have some other creative way of doing that, and it's fine. When your attention wanders, bring it back. You can't do this wrong. So just go with it. And listen inside and feel, see what is called for. Maybe there's words that are called for that I just need to say to myself. That I need to listen to. If for some reason this practice is feeling hard to do, you can just switch back to basic mindfulness that you've been doing. And don't forget the phrase, for whatever it is I'm feeling right now, may I hold this too with kindness. Go slowly as you practice. Say a phrase and feel the effect. Or say a few phrases and feel the effect. If it's really not what you want to do, you can also go back to sending it to a loved one, a teacher, a friend. Some people put their hand on their heart when they do this practice. Some people put one hand on their belly and one hand on their heart. 
you explore. Let's notice how we're doing now. Perhaps you're feeling more loving towards yourself, right, in this moment. You may or may not be. If you are, really just feel that, just like Alex was saying, If we can allow ourselves to feel these feelings and let them grow and expand these positive feelings of the heart. So just if it's present for you right now, let it be throughout your whole body, through your whole body. If you're not feeling it, maybe you're feeling nothing, A lot of people have that experience. Just notice what this experience is like. Can I be with not much happening? Maybe I actually just feel peaceful or restful. What is present? Bring your mindfulness to this. And if you're feeling a strong emotion right now, see if you can hold that with kindness. Just bringing some kindness to the fact that you're having this emotion or the fact that you're having no particular emotion. And if you're feeling intense feelings, 
See if you can feel the earth beneath you. Just really feel the ground upon which we're sitting. Feeling your feet or your legs. This really goes for everybody. Just feel our connection to this earth. And I think we all love so deeply. The earth can hold whatever it is that we're inside, that are, in, sorry, that is inside of us. And then let's imagine that this kindness now, for wherever you are with it, just imagine that it goes out into the world. Or maybe it spreads kind of through us down into the ground and out through the land. Spreading. Touching everyone and everything. Up into the sky or down into the ground. May everyone everywhere without exception. Be happy and peaceful and at ease. This is um, this is, can be a very intense practice for some of us, and for others it can be, you know, feel like nothing's going on. That's fine. I mean, I think I conveyed that. So I just want to, we have a little bit of time if there are any questions about doing the loving kindness in general or towards ourselves. Yes? How was it for you when you first started practicing, I mean, before you became a trainee? When I first started doing this practice, yeah, when I first started doing loving kindness, I was introduced to it when I was sitting a, a long meditation retreat, and they would have the loving kindness sections. Oh, I'm going to confess, I used to skip them. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> do as I say, not as I did. But I, w- I just, I just, it didn't, I would do it, I would feel like nothing was really happening. I, and I think, I, I mean, I felt, when I would do the mindfulness, I could connect with my own sense of love or compassion, like it would kind of come naturally through the mindfulness practice. But when I was in kind of a structured setting where I was cultivating it, it was, I was just like, hmm, this doesn't make sense so much to me. I actually honestly thought it was a little saccharine, sweet, schmaltzy, you know, like it just didn't feel real or authentic to me. And it took me a long time. And as I said, it was on that other retreat that I did many years later that I really kind of got the power of it. And it was so helpful having been in this state of burnout. And I just keep sending it and sending it. I just drank it in. Um, 
So some people do this practice and they go, oh God, this is the practice I've been looking for all my life. And other people go, and then just like with everything, honestly, with everything we're teaching here, some of you will love eating meditation, some of you will hate it, some of you will love walking, some of you will have a hard time, you know, it's, it's all different. So we offer this practice because we know it's so beneficial and um, you're going to have to navigate and find your own way with it. And it may just be that you do it a little bit. It's like a little part of my practice and it's not a main focus. That's okay. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's good feedback for me as a teacher. I think I was running out of time and I wanted to make sure we would have enough time. But here's my, my, um, my instruction is try it in another practice period. So, um, so you can, you're welcome to take one of the regular mindfulness practices that we're doing the rest of the day and devote it to loving kindness and give yourself lots of space and time to do it. Absolutely, and thank you for telling me that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Somebody, uh, I was picturing one of my close friends telling me some uh, things that I was, I was kind of making up, and some of the things made me laugh. So I was wondering if, if laughter is in the same sort of headspace as love in the practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he, was, he was saying that some of the things that he was imagining someone saying to him made him laugh. And is that part of the territory, really? Absolutely. Loving kindness can be just like a bubbling joy. It can be really funny. Yeah. All the, remember, because when Alex was talking about those different states and he listed 10 different states that Barbara Fredrickson um, talks about, it's positive emotions that we want to cultivate. There's so many more that even didn't get on that list. And there are these qualities of humor and joyfulness and playfulness that are all can be part of it. You can have so much fun with fun with it, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you were saying it was hard for you to do that practice, especially mm-hmm. as we were doing it now. I was thinking, so what if we had like some of the evil villains in history sitting here? Because I was thinking, well, you know, in terms of do I deserve it or not? Like, what if they were sitting here? Would they still deserve that, you know, loving kindness? You know, because we all have our faults and our issues. And yeah, that. yeah. So the question is, um, the evil villains in history or in the world, or do they, can, can we send loving kindness to them? Do they deserve it? Is and, that? And could they send it to themselves? Like, does everyone deserve? Does everyone deserve loving kindness? Um, in my view, everyone wants to be happy, right? I mean, that's kind of what human beings desire is to have happiness. And their ways of getting it may not always be the ways that we agree with, for instance. You know, or they may be very distorted. And of course, there's psychotic personalities and things like that. But, but um, 
we can do this practice towards a person who's really difficult and over the next couple of days we're going to probably try it and see what happens if you send it to someone who's difficult and think of what the world would be if some of the people who you're talking about actually practiced this right it might be a very different world you know so i think we could all benefit everybody can benefit from self-love and i think a lot of the acts of aggression and violence and so forth come out of a lack of internal self-love so yeah uh-huh. uh, when i was introduced to this practice i also struggled with the, the loving kindness language some kind of hallmarky um, so I, I started just substituting the word loving and kind and kind of separating it just from energy. But I, I think it is difficult if you, if someone is confident, they don't really feel they need it. If someone is doubtful, they don't feel they deserve it. So it's kind of a threading the needle and trying to walk, you know, between their, their flow between those two lanes. Yeah, it's a good point that we're trying to find that. People, it may not be what everybody wants to do because they may not either feel they deserve it or they don't need it is what you're pointing to. And, um, and you're also pointing to something that's important, which is finding the language that's going to work for you. If you just repeat, may you be happy, may you be peaceful, that may work. I know for me that can be a great thing to use. But I've also over the years had to adapt it and find different phrases. And different phrases might be useful at different times in your life. So ultimately, it's helpful with this practice to get about, say, like four different phrases and just repeat them over and over, but ones that actually are meaningful. So it might take some time to find those meaningful phrases. Mm-hmm. Um, I found what was most helpful for me. Um, I first just started saying the phrases. And then I stopped um, and I recognize that if I actually prime the heart first by saying I'm open and I receive, then it started to stick and become more powerful. Mm-hmm. So by maybe just not jumping in, <laughs> but setting your intention to receive, um, your gift to yourself, maybe that might be helpful for someone. Yeah. Thank you for saying that everyone here. She just talked about setting an intention before she began, I think you said, to, to be open and to receive. And that helped it stick more. And there are practices you can do in conjunction with this practice. Like sometimes people do a little gratitude practice or appreciation, just connecting with that sense of appreciation that then moves into more of the kindness. So definitely, you, you talked about as priming your mind. And absolutely, that, that can be a wonderful thing to do. Sometimes forgiveness. A little forgiveness practice. Mm-hmm. So, uh-huh. uh, I've also struggled with loving kindness uh, for like, trying it for two years. Just didn't feel like it was doing much. Kind of what you described. Um, I think a, an observation that I had today was how much more vulnerable of a practice it is than a mindfulness mm-hmm. practice. Like, and even I had a similar feeling about uh, feeling distracted. And I realize how much attention I need um, because I need to feel like super safe, even in like a tiny sense, yeah. to go because it's way deeper. Mm-hmm. And I'm potentially touching a wound, whereas with mindfulness, I'm you know not necessarily 
you know, sure, ones can come up. But I think I'm much more likely to be touching a wounded space mm. with loving kindness practice, and therefore, uh, it's just so much more vulnerable and tough. And, and I'm so much more avoidant because mm -hmm. of that, or it's mm -hmm. easy to, you know, skate away with my attention. Yeah. So I just kind of notice that. Yeah, thanks for saying that. It's really important. He was saying that it's a, it's, it can be a very vulnerable practice and that it's, it, it makes it easy to want to distract from doing it because it can touch into some pretty deep places. And so you all need to be, um, like, like manage your dosage, essentially. In other words, if you're feeling really vulnerable and I say, okay, now start sending kindness to yourself and it just makes you feel more wide open and raw and it's too intense and back off. It, distracting wisely isn't a bad, isn't a bad thing. It it's, can be a protection. If you're feeling in this space like, oh, I really want to dive in here, then go for it. But we want to we use our own common sense around how and when to do it. Because it's, you know, I'm coming, I'm sitting here and I'm doing one practice and there's a hundred people in the room. And it's definitely not the right thing to be doing at the right moment for everybody. And you're really pointing out the importance of recognizing the power of this particular practice and, and, and using it wisely, really. So thank you for saying that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just one quick comment. I've been really interested in hearing what everyone has shared. My early experience with it was, was, with it was very much what yours was like, um, inaccessible. I've done a lot of my own uh, kind of healing work that brought, you know, the tap into feelings and uh, the formulaic thing. And I don't know there is magic to it because I've been doing it for a few years and today it, it, it actually works beautifully for me. And I think in part um, some things I've heard which was developing my own authentic language and connection. Um, also uh, allowing myself uh, time in the practice without a lot of words, as someone had mentioned. And finally, the visualization. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I also love what um, this person said about crime in the heart because when it comes from gratitude for me, I, I did one. Uh, the only reason I didn't feel pain is because I've been gushing already for the last week doing like spontaneous meta. Um, <laughs> it just comes up. But, um, but the gratitude, you know, so visualizing has been really powerful for me. Entering a circle with all my benefactors, you know, parents and grandparents mm. and stuff in one circle is at times been just overwhelming with gratitude. So the visual aspect I think helps a lot too. Yeah. Beautiful. I, I cannot possibly repeat all the wonderful things he just said. <laughs> but what he's demonstrating, I hope you all were able to hear, is is a creativity that's made the practice really live for him and using imagery and finding the right words and priming and all of this that that has it sounds like it's just been a really live and and beautiful practice for you so that's the invitation for all of us to bring creativity to this particular practice mm -hmm. um i feel like i made some progress today uh during sitting meditation instead of when a thought would come up or a hit from the A's or something in my head and i'm wondering why I'm thinking about this or why this is playing in my head. I decided to just immediately substitute a positive affirmation about myself. Mm -hmm. And um, I found that I would even, as a, as a thought would be coming up that I knew was just, you know, uh, your mind going elsewhere, I would just repeat a positive affirmation. Mm -hmm. and I found that it actually uh, quieted my mind a lot quicker. And it was kind of like, 
offense for me instead of just playing defense all the mm -hmm. time. Busy mind stuff. Okay, so you're bringing up an interesting technique that you sort of intuitively arrived at, which is when he would find himself, it sounds like any, time, any type of distraction, right? You would... Well, not like things that, like, I guess, I guess when you hear sounds in the, in the present, it's not necessarily a distraction. Mm -hmm. I guess when my mind would wander, yeah, so yeah. not with anything, but when I would, and, and intuitively I started to feel, you can almost start to feel when you're losing focus, your mind's going to start to wander. Mm -hmm. And so I would give myself one positive affirmation that would put me right back into focus. Yeah. So he's found that when, that when his mind wandered, using some type of phrase that was positive towards himself helped him come back into the moment. And so it's interesting. It's, I mean, it's a little bit of a, it's not exactly the, the mindfulness technique in terms of just noticing the thought and coming back, but it sounds like it's a really helpful tool for you. So definitely keep going with that. And, and it reminds me that you can bring loving kindness into your basic mindfulness practice anytime. And that's essentially, in some ways, what you were doing. So, so if you're having a hard time and there's a lot of physical pain, do some loving kindness practice. If you're having emotional pain, bring some loving kindness. If you're really comparing yourself to another person, try sending kindness to them or kindness to yourself. You know, you can, so it, we can definitely incorporate it. And for those of you who want to do more of it, do more of it. Do, do you know, half the day of kindness practice. Or a third of the day, anything. Yeah. I started practice seven years ago. Uh -huh. My second was born and I got burnt out. And um, it was the same when you said we're just words. And today it really hit me and I realized that what you're talking about, planting of seeds. Mm -hmm. Now, seven years later, I felt that it so hit me when you say, give the words to yourself in the period that you needed it. Mm -hmm. And that was the didn't touch me at all. Yeah. And now I got really emotional about it. So, oh. a lot of healing, I think. Beautiful. I'm so glad you connected today. Sharon Salzberg, I'm gonna, we're going to end in a minute because we have to go walk. But Sharon Salzberg tells a story that she once did like a retreat, just, just a loving-kindness retreat about seven days or so. And she, did, she practiced it all day long, all day long, sending loving kindness. She's a, she's a um, mindfulness teacher, Buddhist teacher, sending it and sending it and sending it to herself, and nothing happened the whole time. And she's just like, oh, what a waste. And then she comes home, and she uh, was picking up a glass, and she dropped it, and it, it fell to the floor and shattered. And a voice in her head said, you are such a klutz. And then the next voice said, but I love you anyway. <laughs> so the results are mysterious. We never know when they may arise. May I ask just a practical question? Yes, go ahead, and then we'll stop. Mm -hmm. Well, 
what happens is your body starts to get used to it a little bit more and your muscles open up and there's less tightness and stuff. But and it's it's also helpful to move around a bit and not just stay yourself on the cushion the whole time because because it, it, everybody's body is so different it's hard to say like an, a definitive answer of what's going to happen we get more ability to handle it we our body gets used to it um, and uh, and sometimes even as we get concentrated there's less pain it just we're just more con- focused but also I want you to really take care of yourself so. We haven't done much standing meditation, but that's another thing you can do. You can stand up and continue practicing standing. We'll give some instruction maybe tomorrow a little bit. But don't, don't feel like you have to stay in these positions in order to be meditating correctly. There's lots of postures to meditate. Standing, sitting, walking, lying down if you need to because of, say, a back injury or something. But really take care of yourself. But yes, it should get better. Raise your hand if you had a lot of pain on an, in a previous retreat and it improved over the course of the retreat. Okay, look around. See? It got better. <laughs> All right. I know I have to ask. Anybody it didn't get better? <laughs> Raise your hand if, it did, if anybody it didn't. Look. Most people learned how to handle it and how to work with it. Okay. All right. So... Um, so we have about 20 minutes for walking meditation, and if you're absolutely completely exhausted, you can go to bed at night before you know go to bed whenever. If you are energetic and want to keep going, or you just feel like you need to be here, we'll have one more sitting at nine o'clock. All right, thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.